Hello and welcome back to GAI Predict. Uh, delighted to be, in, to be joined again by the usual crew, uh, Paul Leprechaun Flaherty and uh, Sean Bono Sullivan. Uh, lads, uh, let's get straight into it. It's been a bonkers weekend, or should I say a bonkers Sunday, and it was. Um, I have to confess, I can't remember a day as crazy as where so many underdogs won and you thought you'd seen everything at the first game and then it gets even worse. It's been a breath of fresh air, really, um, Sean. It was a, just a bonkers day on Sunday, really, wasn't it? Yeah, unbelievable, Jonathan. It was, uh, it was, it, it was just brilliant watching it from home, um, just seeing the drama unfold. Um, I suppose you know the 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 Tipperary Cork game got it all underway, and you know I suppose you know people, a lot of people out there fancy Tipperary. Um, you know they 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 obviously saw it as their best opportunity to to bridge an eighty five year gap um, in, to win a, a Munster championship. Um, that Cork side, you know, they didn't fear them going to Parky Cueve. Um, they felt they had every chance of winning the game and and deserved it. Absolutely deserved it. From the word go, they set their stall out. They weren't going to be pushed around. And, you know, they, they I, I think it was it was typified in, in Conor Sweeney's um, match-winning speech or, or trophy presentation speech. Those, those guys went to Cork expecting to win the game. Simple as that. There was no, I know they were jumping around the place after and absolutely thrilled, but that wasn't out of uh, surprise that they won the game. That was out of pure emotion that they had, that they had set out to do what they, they, they felt they could do. Um, so hats off to them. Fantastic. I was delighted for them. Um, in, a, in, a, a, in, a, in a segue story, um, I was over to a Liverpool Champions League game last October. They were at home to Salzburg, myself and a mate of mine went over. And uh, we ended up in the, the, twel- the 12th man bar, Jonathan, I know you know it well. Um, <laughs> I, was meet- I was meeting the contact in there for our tickets. And uh, we sat down, we got our tickets and we sat down, we had plenty of time before the, tro- or for the kickoff, excuse me. And we sat down, of course, to have a beverage. And we actually, as I sat down, I recognised a few faces in the table next to me, and it turns out they recognised us too, or they recognised me too. Uh, I wouldn't have played against them a lot, but Michael Quinlevin and Kevin Fahey were actually sitting at the table. Now, I won't go into what... I, I, I can't recall a whole pile of the conversation, but we had a great <laughs> laugh with the lads for a good hour before the kickoff. But, of course, all the talk was about Kerry football, Tipperary football. They didn't sit there and say they were going to win the Munster Championship, but you could just you know, gather from talking to the lads that they were really, really committed fellas and, you know, Tipperary football was just in their blood. And I even remember, I, like, it's weird how the year has worked out for Quinlevin and another couple of them because I think they had left the panel uh, for different reasons. And because of COVID, they, 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 they were back in because with, with, with the way the season was with, with a late start. So it's unbelievable how things can work out. So I'm delighted for those guys because they've they've... They've really persevered with Tipperary football through some dark days. So that got Sunday off to a massive start. And I've got to ask you before we go on to the next one. I've got to ask yep. the million dollar question. And sorry to put in the the Kerry reaction to that. Um, does mm. it feel like a missed opportunity? Or I know I was talking to some people, and some are delighted they just didn't want to see Cork going on to win it. And then you know that's the old, I suppose childish for want of better you know you grew up with your big rivals and stuff like that it's it's a yeah. hard one for me to explain I thought Cork would just about have enough once they got the Kerry thing out of their way 
well, I did kind of fancy Tip to put up a good, a good bit of a fight, and look, we all have seen the improvements in Tip over the years. I was surprised mm. with how how they tore into them and how they didn't give Cork a chance to breathe at all. But just from the Kerry mm. point of view, does it feel like a bit of a one left behind, or does it make that defeat even worse? Or what, what sort of way does can you can you sum it up? Uh, well, look, uh, for, not not to repeat myself, but I recall doing the podcast the day after uh, Cork beat Kerry, and wrote it my piece for the Kerryman and I, I, I wasn't being disrespectful to Cork but I felt that Kerry lost to Cork Cork didn't beat Kerry I, 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 and, and, and that was the feeling down here very much after the game Kerry never expressed themselves against Cork I, I would have Kerry as a, a better team than Cork by 6, 7, 8 points on any given day and that's no disrespect to Cork I just think I find that's where both teams find themselves at the moment but Cork stuck in there and beat Kerry with a last kick of the game and went into the Tipperary game as favourites. And I think that's what probably came against Cork. Maybe that underdog tag was gone from them and uh, they, they couldn't live up to the billing. Make it worse for Kerry? I think so. I think it's a reflection on a big what if Kerry had gone at Cork the way Tipperary did. Um, I think if they did, they win the game. Tip won by three points. I think if Kerry adopt the Tipperary approach and go at it, and they let their forwards express themselves, they beat Cork by six, seven, eight points. And that's not being big-headed. It's not being, it's, it's not having the sense of entitlement because we're Kerry. I just felt if you weighed both teams up against each other, Kerry are a better team. Kerry are a better team than Tipperary. Um, but on the given day, they didn't do it. They didn't do what was expected of them and they were, they were turned over. Um, but yeah, so after, after watching Tip create history, we switched over to the north and up to Armagh to watch Kevin and Donegal, a game where nobody gave Kevin a chance. Oh, well, that's not and correct now. We'll, we might bring in the leopard well, kit, kit man down here. For yeah, those that absolutely. didn't watch last, well, last week, um, I think we, um, I feel like it's almost we start the show every week with our apologies. We'll have an egg on our face. We, <laughs> we did. I held my hands up. We, uh, I laughed when you, when you said that, uh, Paul. I thought you were, I'll be brutally honest, I thought you were just taking the piss at the time. Um, the the leprechaun kitman I think it was how you what you described them it wasn't well there was a mini mini comeback I think it was three or four points down at one stage it wasn't the big comebacks and the big hoorahs that we've seen in recent week but we did see an absolutely unbelievable second half performance a great start to the game uh, a little bit of a wobble once they got the first black card uh, but my god did they tear into Donegal in the second half and probably a little like Cork and and Donegal never really got going at, you know, to their full potential, the underdogs tore in. Did you, did you, I have to ask you, Paul, did you actually believe that Cavan were going to win last week or was there a bit of kind of tongue in cheek? I always believed Cavan were going to win. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I watched them against Down that time and uh, they just came out of nowhere and I said they're, they just have momentum and it's great what obviously hunger can do and momentum in championships so uh, yeah I, I always thought they were going to beat Donegal but um, Donegal like the I was just looking back let's say I watched the score the, uh, after the match because I wanted to see like how, who did the score in there for Donegal but in the second half they only got three points and Paddy McBrady got a point in the first minute they didn't score for another four minutes Paddy McBrady got another free and then on the another 14 minutes went by and it was 65th minute and McGonagall got a point from play so then I got one point from play in the second half 
like that's not going to win you any final or nearly any game anyway. So like um, Donegal, I think they'd be ruined their chances there. Like there was no no one really came up for them. Like uh, Michael Murphy or you know Langan had a, one or two shots, but they went wide and Darrow Buil as well. Um, so they never. They couldn't get their shooters on on the ball, they, I, and they just I don't know they just collapsed. No one seemed to kind of take the ball by the horns and really go at it. Like there's no really Ryan McHugh kind of you know weaving in and out of players or something like that. But uh, fair play to Cavan, like it's 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 an unbelievable achievement. Um, you like the, uh, as I would say there, like the black cards, um, they're very very controversial, and they did very well to bounce back from them. Um, they just kept going like um, Galligan then midfield like he had some great catches and just great inspirational player um, and they all kind of fed off each other they just anything they turned over they'd go again and they, they just get a bit of a get uh, riled up and they'd go again like you know so um, Cavan were it was great scenes it's great to see the underdog doing something especially in this year when uh, you know kind of everyone has kind of no hope about what's going to happen and uh, it's great that we had the uh, Cavan and obviously Tipperary winning as well. Um, probably going back to the Sip and Cork game there, like I would say that Kerry, like they really kicked away that, that game against Cork. Like as I said on uh, the podcast a week or two ago, like Clifford had some good chances and they all the forwards as well. They really kicked that ball, that game away. I, as I would agree with Sean that Cork didn't really win it. It was a high ball at the end and they got a, a lucky kick into the net. Like you know, it was it was very when you look back at it now, it was kind of a very lucky game the Cork won but um, yeah Tipperary were outstanding as well and it was great to see the two underdogs uh, winning the two finals on Sunday Yeah and look I, I think it'd be remiss of me um, he's a guy I remember interviewing this has gone back a couple of years now I think he'd just taken over the Cavan job he'd had because Mullinocta were still on it was a league game in Salt Hill maybe three years ago and uh, interviewed Mickey Graham afterwards and I have to say you know like you do so many interviews with, with people and you know some and this isn't uh, like this is no way a dig at managers or players or whatever but they've become part of the protocol and there is times where you can and understandably so go through the motions you take a manager after the game particularly after a loss and the last things you want to do was round up and do two or three interviews you might have your RTs and whoever else the other off the balls or whatever and then go through all the press and then maybe a local station and a local county board platform as well so they you can get into rinse and repeat but I was just taken back with his just his energy and talking to him and his desire and like what he what he done with Bully Nocta was incredible. What he's done with Calvin like was the first brought them to an Ulster final and then winning it again this year and the scenes and his interview afterwards where he just couldn't talk and he broke down had to had to go away. Like I wouldn't consider myself the most emotional person in the world, but Jesus, you've been nearly reaching for the tissues when you're when you're watching that. But like what he's done, I saw someone describe him earlier. Is he one of the best managers in the country? Would you love to, love to play under, under under him, Sean? Like we, you just described him there, um, and I think it was the goalkeeper that gave an interview uh, straight after him. Uh, sorry, Mickey Graham couldn't talk on on BBC Sport, and uh, he was just got too emotional. The goalkeeper came on, and I, I the goalkeeper, without seeing it, uh, he came across to me as a guy that would run through a brick wall for Mickey Graham. And if you and you asked Paul there from playing. The manager has to set the tone. He, ha he, he needs you eating out of the palm of his hand. 
and I think Mickey Graham and David Power down in, down in tip has these guys absolutely just, as I said, following them to the letter, following what they say to the letter of the law, believing him. He's got these guys have those players believing, and they got them believing this year that this could be their year. I mean, you, you would never have thought in a million years that Tip and Cavan would be winning their provincial championships this this year. Like you just wouldn't have put them in the conversation. Um, and he just got they got them believing and if you if you're a manager and you have the players uh coming together as a tight knit group and and have that belief you can do wonderful things and what also helps is winning like if Mickey Graham and David Power set these guys down at the start of the year and put a game plan in place um players get belief and confidence by winning games playing playing your playing your your style of play and if you can get a pick up a couple of results um, and get get them believing that this could work, then and they all row in behind it, then you you have a dangerous animal going. Then, um, but uh, look, I mean, uh, is he up there as one of the best managers in the country? Uh, look, from what he's achieved so far at club and now with Kevin, you'd have to put him up there in the conversation. He obviously has a long way to go before he can before he can maybe be talked about as one of the greatest. But by God, he's he's certainly met his mark, and he'll let's put it like this way: <laughs> he'll go down in history in Kevin as as one. I, there's a lot of things going around on WhatsApp at the moment, <laughs> but there was a a brilliant um, clip of uh, I suppose it was a local Kevin radio uh, straight after the game, and the commentator said that there'll be no more free dinners for Martin McHugh because he was the last manager to win. <laughs> so Mickey Mickey Great Mickey Graham can start putting in his orders now when he goes. Get that, ta- get that he'll, time ready. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, he'll uh, he'll he'll be forever revered in Kevin as will as will David Power and Tip. But they they both just come across as pure down to earth, genuine guys. But at the same time, lads, they're not just plucky guys. They know their football and they mm-hmm. saw exactly what they had available to them, played to their strengths, and they've reaped the rewards. And you couldn't but be happy for them because even though I don't know any of the guys. They seem like pure genuine fellas, and and their emotions came through yesterday and today. When you know, I saw an interview again with Power today. He's talking about his dad, who's been involved with Tipperary football for a long time, and he broke down talking about him because, you know, Paul, I'll tell you there. The minute you win a big, big game, it's great to celebrate it with your teammates, particularly at county level. But the first people that come into your head straight away after a, a couple of minutes after winning a big game is is, is your local people, your family, your clubmates, and. You know, um, for those guys to be able to do that yesterday, uh, unfortunately, not be able to celebrate it with their own people, but for them to do it for their own people is just tremendous. And Paul, as well, like I think if it was for me, the interview, I think it was the RT coverage at the time. God, I've watched so many interviews now between various platforms, uh, but I think it was it was Galligan. I think it was RT where he comes out and talk about the walking wounded. His eye is swelling up. There's blood every place, and then you go through. Got a couple of bangs in the head. I think he got a, his shoulders, arms. He was like they were like the walking wounded, but he's still there. And like some of the key moments, like that big catch that led to the goal. There was the throw ball. I think just outside the Donegal goal as well, when there was a free that was overturned, and he wins it out out of nothing. Some huge talk about going to war, and probably going back what you touched on, Sean. When you have a manager that really, really you know, you run through walls for her. Well, Galligan certainly did, as did the rest of the Cavan team. But they, they're such powerful moments when you see that emotion afterwards and you just see that walk and wounded effect and just how far they will go to achieve their goal. 
it's it's brilliant like really like it, it looked like uh, he was just after coming out of a nightclub after fighting someone like you know the, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure what what nightclubs do you go to Paul it's just great scenes like um a true warrior like and as Sean's there like if you've a good manager like winning is everything like because if if you have a manager that says all right we're going to go 14 up front and we're going to only going to have one defender and it works you're like geez this manager is unbelievable <laughs> like his theory in life is class like you know so uh, whenever a, a manager puts kind of a structure in place and then you start winning then you're like geez this lad knows exactly what he's on about but the, it's the whole relationship there like uh, kind of going back to your top there Sean with Liverpool like John Klopp came in and he took Liverpool kind of under the wing and he got to know everyone and they all bought into his kind of strategy and his um, you know whatever kind of plans he had and they're they're striving now like they're they're doing very well like they won the Champions or the Premier League last year and all that kind of crack so that's the same there with Calvin like Mickey Graham came in he's got them all on the same uh, wavelength and I think the format this year has helped um, all the Tipperary and uh, Calvin because I you've no kind of or you've no kind of qualifiers that at grand like we're not supposed to beat Cork or we're not supposed to beat Donegal you know if we get to a qualifier that's where we're supposed to be but now it's knockout like they had no choice you, you just go you go all all out like and I think that really helped uh, the teams this year because let's say the likes of Cork or um, Donegal they didn't have a lot of pre-season done and a lot of challenge matches so this was the time to really just like more Motivation is better than any trainings that they might have done in the last two or three uh, weeks or whatever. Like, you know, good um, psychological kind of uh, sessions or, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. So um, it was great to see, uh, like, Galligan, they're all going to be heroes. They're all going to be remembered for that day, you know, um, uh, and the Tipperary lads as well. So, um it was just, I think Connor Sweeney's speech as well uh, in the Tipperary was something you could just see the passion behind that as well. Like they, they mean every word of it, and it's not just the, when he said, like, all oh, the players, you know, there's 12 players at home and they're not allowed to be here as well. Like, th that's a real team panel, uh, all the members of staff. That's 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 when you know something serious is, is happening. So, uh, it's, it's just fantastic to see both teams winning. One thing yeah. it did bring home to me, sorry, uh, Jonathan, um, and, and, and this is only a quick note, and, and don't get me wrong here for, any, for a minute, I, I treasure and am very, very proud of any ever medal I won with Kerry. Um, but what it brought home to me was I, I would never have, we in Kerry, and this again isn't being um, big-headed or you know it's just that you had huge expectations every time you went out onto the field with Kerry you were expected to win Munster Championships you were expected to win All-Irelands and I, I, I feel and I don't know how the other Kerry players feel um, but I'm nearly certain nine out of ten of them would tell you that winning All-Irelands and Munster Championships for us was there was a sense of relief to the day and, um, because you were just expected to do it uh, we never experienced what Tipper, those Tipperary and Cavan guys experienced yesterday when that final whistle went. They ended a drought. They created a shock. They did something that nobody expected them to do. And I think for me, looking in yesterday, watching that, you know, the bigger counties out there, like the, 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 the Dublin team at the moment, they're, they, you know, 
I think somebody put up a picture of Stephen Cluxton lifting the Leinster Championship compared to uh, Conor Sweeney lifting the Munster Cup. And it's like chalk and cheese. You know, you had one guy who was so used to doing it. You know, that was Cluxton's 16th Leinster Championship medal. It was more of a, oh yeah, let's pick this up and move on. Whereas Conor Sweeney was holding on to that Munster Cup as if it was a baby he was after finding after losing in a shopping centre or something. You know, he was after finding his last child. But it just goes to show you the bigger counties out there, they, they're expected. It's more of a relief to get over the line. Oh, yeah, we did it. We, were, we won what we were supposed to win. Whereas for counties like Tipperary and Cavan there yesterday, you could see it in their faces. It was just, it was pure emotion from a point of view that they had caused a huge shock and done something that they weren't expected to do. And I just felt it was great to see it because uh, I don't think if, you're, if you come from a big county where it, there's more pressure to win, you don't get that feeling after a, after a big win. Even though you might try go, to go looking for that feeling, it's not there because it's more of a case of, thank God we got that job done, you know? Yeah. Would you change the format? Yeah, that was that was actually going to lead in. Like I've I've thought about yeah. this it, initially. Like I remember being back in oh zero zero actually. Yeah, it was two thousand, where uh, it was the last year of the knockout and came into the back door and going made the first benefit out of it. Um, but is that something that you would? It's been caused great uh, entertainment. I know situations are completely different and we've pretty much been backed in the corner that's why it's gone a restore to it is, is it the way to go do you try and push the league into a bit more competitive and then use that as your potential you know gap then to put in the club season as well or? well, well my, my question back to you would be this and then maybe Paul might want to step in here why was it changed in the first place why was the back door introduced in the first place to give, I suppose, to give the lesser counties a bit more of a more games. Was there more chance? Was there realistically a more chance? Well, Galway did it in '98 uh, or 2000. They were the, were they the, were they the first. They were the to, first to, to win an all one. Yeah. Yeah, one to the back door. Yeah. Well, I, my yeah, my my point is this, and listen, I I know where where everyone's coming from in terms of yeah, absolutely, championship is the way to go. Uh, knockout championship is so exciting, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the whole reason it was brought in was for, and again, don't get me, please, you know, the, the people listening in from Kevin and Tipperary did a great day yesterday. He's, he's often big head of this land. No, 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 but for, for, the, for the likes of the Kevins and the Tipperaries and the Louds and the Longforts who, you know, train and train as hard as a Kerry or a Galway or a Dublin, put their lives on hold, for one game in the summer, mm. you know, I, I, you know, I, I just, I, I don't see the fairness in it, and that's why the back door was brought in. I absolutely, one hundred percent agree. The excitement of knockout championship is you can't compare it, and we've seen it this year. It's just been brilliant. But how could you then just tell a fella from you know who's beaten in the first round? Then let's say things go back to normal in two thousand and twenty-one. You play your first round of the championship in June. And you're gone, and you're 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 back to square one again, where we were all those years ago with fellas heading off to America and all these places play football, you know. And counties are left with nothing to do till the following February when they're back out in the league. That's I'm just playing devil's advocate. Do we really want to go back to those days? I'm not sure. Is there an argument to be made though, uh, and perhaps uh, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but look look at the Tipperary and Cavan both. Um, wiping away huge, huge uh, droughts in terms of winning a provisional title. Is there not an argument to be made that the old format 
uh, maybe we've come full circle with it that it the uh, suits the smaller teams better that in fact that when the bigger teams had the likes of the qualifiers and had the second chance that you might you know a, a lesser team might get a rattle at them once but like say if that say if either say I would say like if Cavanagh and Donegal is replayed next week probably the chances are that Donegal are going to come back and you would have thought will be a little bit more fired up and potentially could win it again is there not an argument to be made that it the the new or sorry the, the backdoor format maybe even suits the bigger teams better. You might beat it beat a big team once, but you're not going to beat them twice. It's it's a very hard. That's a very difficult question. It's it's extremely. Well, hard. I like to ask the difficult ones here. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, keep you on your toes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm not certain on that. I, I, really, I really don't know. Like you love to see Cavan and Tipperary. Uh, doing what they did there yesterday, but like you're looking at as like Longford or you know uh, Leash or Loud or maybe Antrim footballers as well. Like like when are they? I don't know. It's it's a rare. It's a very difficult one. I, maybe if you had like they could you started out with a knockout, but then if they get knocked out early, they're into like a second All Ireland, like kind of like a Christy Ring in the hurling or something like that. That they go into if they 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 all get a chance for the All Ireland, but if they get knocked out early, there's no qualifiers. They're just into a separate competition for the teams that got knocked out early or something. I don't know, but it's a, a it's a difficult one. There's 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 pros and cons to both, and it's hard it's hard to know. Yeah, I just remember back to 2001 and I still remember being the, the, the Connacht semi-final. It was an absolutely horrible wet day in Shoom and Roscommon did a shock uh, and, and bet Galway, uh, which was at the time was pretty much unheard of. But then come around, Galway went through the, the, the back door. The first draw was away to Wicklow. I still remember, got things on, back on track, had some good wins, the likes of Cork and Armagh. We made it back through to the quarterfinal where they, where they played Roscommon again. This was a bone-dry day, splitting the rocks, and Galway bet the Jesus out of them. That's just one example that sticks into my head. For me, that's a sign of Roscommon. We're, we're going to get them on them once, but there was no way Galway were, or Galway were losing a second time to Roscommon. Is that an argument? Am I reading? too much into it yeah well you see you 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 uh, used Kevin and Donegal as a, an example Jonathan um, and I get you but but like look at Cork and Tip if Cork and Tip if Cork and Tip met again next weekend <laughs> you know what I mean like uh, this I know you know would Cork beat Tip next weekend would you fancy Cork to be tip next weekend if they met again? Not from what I saw of both performances. Um, well, there you, do, you know what I, do you know what I mean? Like, whereas Donegal and Kevin, okay, Donegal, yeah, they, they probably just maybe had a bad day and they're probably a better quality team. But again, you know, I, 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 just, I just feel that are we, are we, if we went back to the old format, you're, you're taking away an opportunity for counties to, you know, get more exposure, get more games. Um, like if I was a manager of an inter-county team and I got my league out of the way and then I was beaten in the first round of the championship, geez, you have a long wait there again till the following February for your league game, you know, for your league to commence, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I just, I, and even, you know, for the players themselves, like Paul, you, you've, you've talked about maybe um, them going into another competition, like you're going down then the, the argument of the tiered, the tiered Tommy, setup. Which, Tommy Murphy Cup didn't really work. Well, yeah, either, did. it didn't. It didn't, yeah. you know. And no. you're, when you go down the tiered uh, route, I know people are, people from other counties aren't, aren't mad about that, that system either. So I definitely think that a format could be looked at 
um, in terms of the provincials. I, I, I think the provincials, personally, I think the provincials are completely outdated. Now, try to tell that to a degree. The emotion, the emotion of the both teams, and I'm sure there were. Exactly. That's a, exactly. the other counter-argument as well. Um, know, but, 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 but maybe the provincials could be looked at. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know if, you're, if you look at... If you, if, if, you look at the hurling, if you look at the hurling, it's kind of like, uh, you know, the provincials are working well there, especially with Galway gone in now with Kilkenny and then like the Munster, the Munster Championship in hurling is always savage. But like, you know, Offaly and Carlo and Leash and Westmead, they kind of have their own little league there like and it's very competitive and they seem to enjoy it. And the Nicky Rackard and the uh, Christy Ring sure. finals there at the weekend and uh, yep. know, they're very competitive. So it's, yeah. you know, there might be there might be something to look at there. Yeah, Kitcher the Kerry yeah. hurlers are are an hour away from being in the Leinster Championship next year. So you yeah. know th- there could be there could be something to look at there. But I I just think players want games, counties want games, managers want games, and if a team are to be gone out of the championship early June, you know even late May in some cases, you know I I don't think it's it's an attractive. It's an attractive proposition for a lot of counties out there, but I could be wrong. But I personally, I don't think the GA will. I don't think they'll move away from the backdoor system. I think the super eights. What we got two years of the super eights, have we? We two years of it. Yeah, so they're so. they're going they're going to want to push on with that and, and explore that even more. Plus, you take into account revenue, you know, all that type of stuff from from selling your super eight games to the TV broadcasters. You have more opportunities to sell your product. All that comes into it. Um, Whereas your your championship season would would be shortened if it was knockout. But again, look, that's all just that's all hypothetical stuff. So Sunday we saw all the shocks in terms of the provisional finals. Um, we didn't get the shock <laughs> that uh, maybe as things turned out, it probably wouldn't have been the biggest shock of of the of the of the three really in terms of what we saw on Sunday. But Saturday night, I was I was lucky enough to be in Crow Park. And I know that for a lot of people watching the game was a bit like meh, whatever. But I have to say, I was totally enthralled by watching Dublin up live. Um, I haven't seen them up up close in in a while now between one thing and another. But they were an absolutely joy to watch. And yes, I know it's never good for a competition like that when you have a team so far ahead of the rest, 10 in a row now. And it looks like it could be another 10 years at least before anybody gets them. But it, they were just an absolutely joy to watch. This is a team that's won so much, but their work rate, their ability to catch high ball, their movement, their uh, endeavour, even at the end, they were still bombing forward, left, right and centre. Um, even just watching their kickouts alone is is worth the admission fee, really. To see, not only is it the absolutely pinged out balls from Cluxon, but it's the movement all around. Every time there's one being taken and it's something that doesn't really get picked up on TV, but you see there's runners going absolutely everywhere. He's four or five different options um, straight away. The level of detail in their play, they play, I think it was their best performance in quite some time as well. I think definitely their best performance of the year. But I know the result has left, not a sour taste, but a little bit of a disappointment with, with everyone in terms of maybe where the question were, where football is going and, and what now. But I have to say, they were just an absolute privilege to watch and definitely the best team. And this might um, offend or maybe take a little twag at some of your 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 neighbours and your, your fellow county men, Sean. But 
I can only say the best footballing team that I've ever seen live. Um, it was just a, a, a complete privilege, I repeat, to, to watch them. But your your thoughts on on the Leinster final? We both we kind of ran over it last week. We both it was, it was the one prediction that we all got right, and it was uh, it went as expected. But your overall thoughts as let's go to Sean, you first again as a probably gritted teeth in a way, but you surely you have to be able to admire just the the quality that's in front of us and the, it's a privilege that it is to be able to watch them in full flow. Absolutely, Jonathan. Um, yeah, look, are we, are we, uh, are we uh, jealous down here um, <laughs> of their success? Absolutely, of course. Um, but, you know, we're, we're, uh, we would regard ourselves as, um, as admirers of, of, of good football um, as you are in Galway yourselves. And uh, you can't but be impressed by this group. I mean, it's just like you just mentioned there about, you know, that, that even right up to the very end, that they're incessant is the word, is the only word I could use for them, really. They're, they're just, they, they just never stop. They're never satisfied. Um, they have players chomping at the bit to get on the team. They have players coming in off the bench who want to make an impression. It's a perfect storm. I mean, you know, Desi Farrellis came in and took up from Jim, where Jim Gavin left off. You know, he's got, he's got an abundance of riches. Now, look, there's obviously the whole thing going on in the background about what Dublin have got and the resources and so on and how GA saw years ago that Dublin, that, that, that football was failing I suppose in the capital and, and they need to do something about it now have they turned them into a monster they've probably helped but at the same time you know you have to take your hat off to Dublin and what they've done with that and they've put it into the schools and they've got the coaching and it's all now coming to fruition and it's it's just they're, they're, they're a machine they're an absolute machine you can talk about you know the, the opposition they're facing they don't care. They don't care who you are. They're 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 just they they'll come out with their game plan. They'll suffocate you. They'll play open football with you. They'll they'll play defensive football with you. They'll play physical football with you. You try and do work on Stephen Cluxton's kickouts. You can be there till the cows come home because whatever way you've set up to counteract it, he'll find some other way. Dublin will find some other way to do it. Um, how you go about beating them, I. How do you do it? I don't know. Uh, Kerry came close in the drawn game last year, and you know, you even look back at that game, and we felt we came close, and we probably did come the closest that anyone has came, bar me, or maybe a couple of times. Um, but sure, they came in the replay, and they put everything to bed, and they put it right. And it's very hard to see where it ends, where this dominance is going to end. We don't know. Um, they lost players this year and maybe gave everyone a little bit of hope and a little bit of chink of light. They've replaced them with young fellas and guys who have been on the outskirts of the panel for the last few years and they've come in and just taken up the mantle. So, look, uh, we all thought maybe Donegal might rattle them. They are gone. Uh, Kevin now faced them in a couple of weeks' time. Can't see it like you just can't see it. Um, well, the leprechaun might be no, here. Well, Paul, Paul, Paul's leprechaun <laughs> might be might, might, might be out. Uh, I, I think they might need twenty leprechauns for Dublin, but um, it's it's just impossible to see anyone getting close. Look, twenty twenty has been a strange year. It's looking like it possibly will be a Mayo Dublin final. You know, I mean, in years gone by, Mayo might have ran them close. Will that Mayo team get close to this Dublin side? I don't know. I don't know. But look, that's for another day. But on Saturday night, it was just, it was, you know, Mead were thrown into the Lions' den and they were absolutely torn asunder in the game. Like, I mean, what was it at halftime? Uh, 112 to two points, was it? Or, yeah, 12. 
I mean, lads, you know what I mean? That's, that's, you know, if, if you kick 212 in any other championship game, it might win you the match. Just, mm. it probably would win you the match. And they had it, they had it rattled up at halftime. It's, it's, uh, you can't just be impressed by it. It's, it's every fella just playing to the maximum of their ability every time. It's not, they go out and maybe do it now and again. It's every day, every day they're out and they're doing it to the maximum of their ability. And my last word on this, what I can see from looking from the outside in is that they have a group of leaders on that team that if you aren't doing it every day, you're told and you're gone. You're, you're, you're sitting on the bench next to Desi Farrell and he's got as good, if not better, guys to come in and do it for him. And that's a perfect storm. It's a perfect storm in a county setup, and it's very, very difficult to see how that's going to be stopped in five, ten years, to be honest. And Paul, I have to say, one of the things that, because Mead started the game pretty, you know, pretty lively, they, they tore out, they had a goal chance in the, in the first minute when they got the point out of it. They had three or four, maybe quarter slash half chances of goals or one of those decent attacks where they come through. The right thing would have been to tip the ball over the bar or whatever, but they took an extra step or two, tried to force the goal almost, it felt like, and then Dublin completely swallowed them up and there was three or four big turnovers shall we say, from the Dublin defence, compared to then, it felt like, now they obviously didn't, I think that six or eight wides in the course of the game there as well, but it felt like, by and large, most of the time, that Dublin were, they would wait for the right moment, they had no problem in recycling the ball, come back, it was always the best opportunity to come through a lad, even if he's trying to make his, um, and make a name for himself, you know, most of the time you come in and you'll try and get the Hail Mary score from out the wing or whatever, they would always turn back, work it into the player in the better position and, and wait and be patient to move. Their shot selection was, was I thought, was top world. But that's the, the, the level of experience, those kind of the difference, particularly I remember thinking at half time, the difference between the, the naivety really of both, both attacks, that's just where Dublin are next level, isn't it? They're they're really super. Like I, I go back to the, the Leash game there, like and they scored two twenty three. And they only conceded seven points, and they said the performance is sloppy. That's just like <laughs> they scored twenty nine points, and they only conceded seven. That's geez, I don't know what sloppy. Um, it's completely different uh, in our club. Anyway, it was <laughs> yeah, like uh, it was as you said. Like the game started off not too bad. I think it was two points each or something, and they got a goal chance. We're like lovely. Okay, we're we might be in for a bit of a game here, but. Uh, the goal, the first goal just came from a kick out, quick hands, and it was, it was just like uh, just getting a knife in the back. Like it was just so quick and so efficient. And it was from then on, they just like there was the mead heads went down, and they were kicking that goal, and the ball was dropping into the keeper's hands. And you, you always know that that's kind of uh, not, not a great sign. The, the energy is just sapped out of them, no confidence. Um, so, yeah, it, it's. It's not. It's it's. They're unreal. Like I've never got to see them, and you, you were privileged to be there, Johnny. But like uh, I've never got to see them. They just seem so composed on the ball. Um, when Dean Rock gets it, or Paul Mannion, or Kieran Kilkenny, they'll scan all the kind of options in the pitch. And sometimes they do this in the middle of the field. It's like they have a pre-planned. I seen. Um, is it all Merchant doing it once? Uh, there uh, once. So like it, they have. They're so detailed in what they do and uh, everything's well thought out. And you thought, let's say, with Gavin going and a few names, they might be, you know, they mightn't be as good. And then they've got like Paddy Small. It's like he's been playing there for the last five years. Uh, Bugler there. 
uh, Sean Bugler has been doing very well. So they have serious, uh, like I think they said on Sunday game, there's 30 middles, 30 all Ireland middles on their bench, um, you know, bringing in Mac Minimum, uh, Philly McMahon. If serious, um, uh, you know, subs there to bring in so it's kind of scary and uh, I don't know if you've seen it there but uh, left with me there um, Donlan I don't know his first name but he put in a big uh, letter there or um, email to the GA headquarters or asking all the 11 other Leinster county boards to come together to come up with a plan because it's not dying it's dead the Leinster football so that's probably coming back to the format again what's 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 good and what's bad you know, the pros and cons there so um it's a fair play to them i've kind of i think kevin are going to beat them though um, I really... <laughs> <laughs> ever the optimistic um but uh yeah look just to wrap up on dubs dublin we'll, we will talk about structures and stuff like that because games are coming less and less now we are getting to the nitty-gritty so we will have a bit more time in coming weeks to talk a bit more in depth about about next year and hopefully it'll be other plan but Dublin you'd have to say just to wrap up on them they are they're a, for me they're a joy to watch I know there's a lot of people kind of starting to come when we see that letter there as well there's other people making James that oh look at the money they're spent money has to be spent wisely they have fantastic structures and place they've got some unbelievable footballers on, on the pitch but I just don't think I'm not sure uh, Sean will Sean Kelly be lapped back into the carry after that big improvement that he, he gave uh, and the way he kickstarts uh, it would take a carry man right to kickstart the Dublin revival <laughs> it would yeah we might spend, he, send him around to a few more counties now maybe yeah yeah look yeah and then that letter that uh, Paul refers to there I, I read it today in detail it was some very very good points um, and again look that's a conversation for another day but you're right. I mean, it's 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 sure you can give a fellow all the money in the world, or you can give the county all the money in the world, but they have to know what to do with it now. The amounts of money and so on. That again, discussion for another day. But right now, it's where we find ourselves. Um, you know, where, where do we go from here? They're just a fantastic unit. And uh, I mean, what summed it up for me there was the last attack of the game, the goal. McMenamin went through, had a shot, keeper saved it. And I think it was McMenamin. I think was it Scully? Was it Scully or Howard that got the touch? Scully the last goal? pushed it was in. It Scully. Well, there was yeah, but there was but like the lads two, lined the up. Two, and... the, the, well, McMenamin nearly killed him to try and get it himself, <laughs> you know. And this was they were winning by 117 points. Do you know what I mean? And they were still two fellas trying to get a goal right at the last. That just their the 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 hunger. It's 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 hunger. It's competition for places. And it's demanding the best out of each other every time they go onto the field. That's, that's what they have over everybody at the moment. Of course, they have quality and skill and they have the best of strength and conditioning coaches and analysis and all that. But at the end of the day, you need to be able to kick the ball over the bar and into the net and, and they can do it better than anyone at the moment. Yeah, no, absolutely. And if we look back then at the uh, the our predictions from last week, the Dublin one was one that we all, of course, uh, got correct. But I have to say, for me, that's where from a football point of view, where it went rapidly downhill after that. Uh, I went for the two uh, the two favourites <laughs> in the other games. There's probably a lot of... Well, no. Well, we know Paul, of course, went for his beloved uh, Leprechaun uh, in, in Ulster. But um, I don't have... Uh, I didn't have any winners in the, the other two. Uh, how did you get on your, your, yourself, uh, Sean, to pull up the league table here? There's a one yeah, of the three no, as well. Same as you, Jonathan. Yeah, I went for uh, I went for Dublin, uh, Cork, and uh, and Donegal. So Paul Paul got the better of us there with his 
Which yeah, and I'm just, having predictions. Just, just looking at that, he he must have pulled the wild card on him because I see he's the magic three points, uh, full full uh, full mindset there, which is uh, a full row of them, which is incredible, really. Um, that was uh, whatever about getting the the cabin around. He went for Tipperary as well. It seems uh, I'm a bit down, astray down there on a bunch of people on one, but there is Paul here, top of the class. Uh, we'll have to get him a maybe an extra piece of coin out of the that leprechaun's hat. Well, I didn't think you were going to go for for uh, for the for the two the two outsiders, but it did and it worked. Um, yeah, we have no we have no football this weekend um, now, so footballers take a break and the small ball takes over. Um, if we look back on on last, of course, the the quarterfinals were on last Saturday, and um, this was one where I think it was almost a clean sweep for everybody. Um, the two games went. Uh, as every any any normal person uh, with any sort of knowledge would would go for. <laughs> any any comments you try to you try to stick it in the neck there, Sean? But uh, it was looking hairy until maybe the red card. Well, listen, exactly, exactly. Um, no, I I I stand by. Look, Galway, Galway probably deserved it in the end. Um, but I, I felt tip I felt tip were in a good place coming into the game. The red card didn't help, but uh, they were there thereabouts. Um I suppose looking back, yeah, I, I I put all my eggs on the in the Tony Kelly basket for the other one, all right. Um he had an injury, he got injured in the warm up from what I gathered that he's uh, he hurt his ankle, Tony Kelly, so that yes, hindered him. And uh he was he's been brilliant, yeah. Um and when I saw Shannon her getting those two goals, I thought uh, my luck was in. But uh, fair play to Waterford. They had some excellent performances. Um, Stephen Bennett was excellent. Uh, Desi Hutchinson, who uh, I didn't realise he, he had a bit of a soccer career, had he? He went away playing soccer for a while and came back. He did, uh, yeah. Was he, he, he was in yeah. England. He was he in was England, in, was he? West Brom, I think, was it? Yeah, no, he, he only came back, I think it was only the, the year gone by as well, that he's recent enough addition to the squad. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he ended up with 2-2 two, two and uh, Jack Fagan got 1-1. One, one. I, I, I told you that full back line was there for the taking. <laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah, that's true. I well, particularly if they go over on their ankles in the warm-up, <laughs> any full back line is yeah. taken. That is, yeah. of course, the, uh, the, two, the two out of two there. I think a lot of people, I think, uh, if we look quickly at the league, would have been in a similar situation. For that, they were kind of the, I suppose, the expected. Yeah, there's a there's a number of people on to. Oh, would you look at that? They've even been nice enough to put me on top of the table for one for once in my life. You that yourself. That, that doesn't that doesn't that doesn't have. I think Paul, Paul must be there on on goal difference or something like that. He's down. There is a number of people uh, that one's actually a couple of zeros as well. So they were going for the they were taking the Paul strategy for for the for the hurling uh, in the week gone by, but. Um, look, we can't really talk about the hurling in 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 my mind, really, about touching on our point, and I'll be sound like a hypocrite if I, if I don't uh, go here. I think we mentioned two weeks ago now, where black cards and cynical play, for want of a better word, being rewarded, and in the both provisional finals, in both the football and the hurling, Galway were on the I suppose they receive an end of of cynical play, and it didn't work out in their favour. Um, if you go back to the to the Leinster final in the first half, uh, Niall Burke was pretty much through on goal. Hugh Lawler pulls pulls him back. Um, the referee doesn't give the advantage. The ball is poked into the net. We come back. Somehow the referee didn't give a give any uh, 
a card to Lawler at the time, so he got away a little scot-free on that one. And then the following day, we've that high-profile one at the end where there's the drag back down at the perfect time just outside, outside the line. A black card uh, goes to Mayo, but it has no impact in the game because the game, the game is over. And you'd say ultimately, in both cases, that Galway were on the receiving end. But uh, it'd be remiss of me and... Um, while the decision for the red card, for Barrett's red card, was the one that was probably talked about most. And it did have a, definitely, you have to say, swung the, helped Galway come back into the game. Now, I think they were slowly maybe edging back into it at the time, but it definitely was a huge factor in, in the overall course of the game. But then, despite that, Callan is coming through on goal. And, you know, he hate picking people out because... I'll sound like a bit of a hypocrite here. I have done it um, prior to the black card and we probably would all do it again if the situation arose. But there was the the double-edged one really where he puts his hand out to try and stop him, realises he can't and then just goes to the, hop, the hips really and completely pulls him down like what you might do to trying to catch a sheep out in the field or, some, or, or something, like, something like that. It's the only description. Um, <laughs> from the resultant free, it's uh, it's tipped over the bar for, for a point. Probably... Mm. The chances are it was it was heading towards the goal the first time you know such a powerful player and there's definitely a high percentage of him getting a goal initially so cynical play your your thoughts on I know Sean you were very proactive in terms of your I suppose distaste really in terms of um of seeing Peter Canavan on Scry you know kind of lauding and encouraging and say the good things about cynical play but I'll go to you first Paul there's been a lot of I suppose there's no other way of putting it, but hurling snobs, whatever way you want to call it, traditional hurling fans, or whatever your choice of word really is, where the traditions of the game, and they do not want to see a black card introduced to hurling under any circumstances. But there's no doubt that there is an issue now. I'm not sure if the black card is the solution, because we've seen, we've seen it really where... Um, take the Connacht final, the football final, where the black card didn't really work. There was a player gone off, but it didn't impact the, the result in the game. The goal didn't, opportunity didn't come arise. Maybe a sin bin is the way to go. But your thoughts really on where where you go, like you're, you've played both codes as well, or do play both, both codes. Your just overall thoughts on where we're going with this. What does Harlan need? Um, is there anything we can do to take it out? Or will this always be part of the game at Sportsman and we'll do whatever it takes to try and win? I think, uh, well, like you said there, like that it's taken away from the game. I, I'm not sure what the final score was, but I think it was like 322 to, I don't know, maybe 223 or something like that. I don't know what the final score was. It's serious scoring. Everyone said that the game was uh, in thrall and it was uh, on the edge of your seat stuff. So I don't think this black haired, like if it's not fixed, it, what does it say? If it's, it's not broken, don't fix it. So I think that like it's been going on for years, like 20 years ago, you know, if a lad turns the full back, take him down, take him down, <laughs> take him down. You know? so, like, I think maybe we're going into a bit too much of like Sky Sports and like the Jamie Carragher and... Um, uh, Gary Neville like analysing but uh, a bit, bit too much but because like it's been there for years why is it only coming to light now maybe because it's so, it's blatantly obvious the way they're doing it um, but if they weren't really rugby tackling them they might they'd maybe give, give them a good slap and that would stop them go, uh, running in like, <laughs> so, um, I think I, I don't know I wouldn't spring it in I don't think because uh, it's it's been there uh, it's been there for years and I, I just think people are just getting a bit hyped up about it but I think leave it the way it is I think uh, just 
uh, you have to take them down. Like it's just, it's just, it's just a kind of, it's an un, it's an unwritten rule, but you just gotta take them down. Um, and uh, yeah, but the game in general, like uh, Galway, where you know it was, it was nip and tuck there the first half. Um, it was interesting because it was nip and tuck, and David Burke was Galway sweeper, and then uh, Brendan Maher was Tipperary's. But Brendan Maher was sitting back a lot, and David Burke then he was sweeper, but he got up uh, a lot to midfield, and I think he got a point there as well. And they kind of rotated. I think Park Menu was there then for a while as well. So it was very interesting to see they actually kind of had a rotating um, sweeper there. I felt, anyway, I wasn't at the game, but like it, that's the way it kind of looked. And it was it was nip and tuck there. Um, Carl Mannion got a great goal there for Galway. Uh, like, he just sold your man in from the dummy. Like, it, it was just, unbelievable. You're, even watching yeah. the replays, like, how did he get a goal out of that for where he started off and the way he disguised his... Uh, his body movement say it was just unreal. Yeah, it's just the the jink, like you know, I've I've got I've got that jink so many times. I bet you pulled him down though. That would have been that's why you don't want the black hair. <laughs> I don't even get that close. I don't even get that close. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was a great goal, and then um, they really drove on. But then Tipperary, they got they were four points up at half time, and you know things were kind of looking a bit worrying there for Galway. But it was nip and tuck in for the next twenty minutes. Uh, but then the, the the red card was a it was it was definitely a good influence uh, for uh, in the game that Galway took advantage of. I think the first yellow card is like, if, I, I, don't, I don't see where the yellow card is. I, I actually don't see what actually happened. The second one, he tips him on the helmet and I suppose, you know, uh, he tips Concanon on the helmet. Concanon was very cute as well. He kind of went into the into the challenge, but um, you know, as, as any good forward would do, like, you know, TJ Reid or any of them, they'll, they'll, work, they'll, they'll work it to their advantage. So, um, that was a big influence on the game and then, like, in Hart got the goal in and that really, uh, there was no really coming back from that and then Galway just kind of Park the bus. Uh, if you can do that in hurling, I don't know, can you? But they kind of, you know, retreated and uh, they just grinded out the win and uh, they were fully. It was a, a, like go in Tipperary in 2016, there was only a point, and in 2017, there was only a point. They always seem to bring out the best in, in, in themselves uh, or in. Uh, the two teams so like there's just free flowing it's hurling there's no it's just it's all out like you know there's a lot of tactic going on and uh, you know it's, it's just great to see um, I thought the the performances there like Conor Whelan again he just seems to be so consistent he might be scoring a lot but he's doing a lot of like he set up Concanon for his goal like uh, Conor Cooney's out the wing he just hit it back in Whelan won it turn your man and then just a lovely timed hand pass and Concanon buried it to the net um, Joe Kalmany got 1-3 he's so hard to mark like he's out in the middle of the pitch there like he, he's such a strike of a ball it's awful hard to um, you know, get close to Marantz so he was very good as well and like Canning as well was uh, he got yeah, a sideline like, kept Galway in the game really didn't he really earlier on where things might be going that well but he was still just knocking over freeze left right and centre such an asset for your team when you when you can stay in games like that yeah, he's just, he's, he's, he's so experienced as well, so cute and experienced and wise, like, you know, reading the game and, you know, uh, just so used to it, like, um, time and uh, off the ball, let's say, for breaks and stuff like that. So, uh, uh, they're, they're really coming good now. That win, like, they kind of, um, it was a really good test and now they're coming into Limerick now this weekend and uh, I, I'll be all for Galway again. I think they're, well, I'm obviously going to be all for Galway anyway, <laughs> but, like, um, I think they're really, they have momentum now and they had a good test and the energy will be up now after that kind of that win there now uh, you know so um, 
yeah, I think it was it was a. But to go back to your question, I I wouldn't have a black card. I don't know what your views are on it, but I think um, it's. I just, I just, no, I just, as a forward, I know if I was got taken down with two minutes ago, I'd be disgusted, but you've got 68 other minutes there before that, and you probably, you had your chances to put the ball over the bar or something like that. So I, I know I wouldn't be for the black card, Anna. So, Sean, uh, we'll give it, I'm interested to know, to know your opinion really on it, particularly as, you know, a high-level footballer looking in at the, at the sport uh, of hurling and where, there, as you can see, I suppose there's a lot of opposition to it in hurling. We've seen a number of people coming out of it. But even in, say, even if we look at it in Gaelic very briefly first, is it helping the game or in the Blackguard? Is that helping the game or is it pulling it back down? Forgive, forgive the pun. But um, we saw, like, even you look at the Ulster final, the first one for Cavan, I thought was, I suppose, by the letter of the law, it is a kind of a drag back. I thought it was... Maybe I'm misreading the situation. Um, I, I thought it was just kind of clumsy. He just kind of fell across them, and I don't think he intended to take him out of the game. I repeat, from the letter of the law, it probably is. So maybe can't go too hard. But the second one in the second half looked just like a little push. I just was staggered and astounded. And bear in mind as well that for the first uh, black card, prior to that, it was Cavan started the game blistering, and then Donegal. Mm-hmm kind of came into it and knocked on a couple of scores when they had the extra man there during the first black card. When I saw the second one come, I thought, this is it, curtains, but they, they held on. But just on the whole, the black card thing, I, I, think, the, I think everybody's in, well, maybe, not, maybe I'm speaking too much, but I think a lot of people are in, have the opinion that something needs to be done to cut out the cynical fouls of the game. But maybe it's not the black card, maybe it's the sin bin, maybe then that's going to be too much admin. You take in club games as well. How do you how do you manage it? I don't know. But your your thoughts on it? Firstly, is it working in football? And then, what do you think of looking across at, at Harlan with it? Um, I, I've I've never been a fan of the black car, Jonathan. Um, I I just felt okay. Yes, the cynicism had to be tackled, and fair play. They they looked at, at trying to do something about it. But um, I just think you're you're taking. I, I think there's enough for a referee to be doing in a game. I think you're taking the power away from the referee. Now, look, we we all have had our bad days with referees and we've had our good days. But at the end of the day, the referee is the referee. Uh, he's the experienced official who is refing these really high-profile games for a reason because he's been through the coaching courses. You have to give the power back to the referee. That's my opinion. Now, uh, bringing it in and hurling... I, I don't think it would work. I honestly don't think it would work. The game is, uh, compared to Gaelic football, you know, I think it's a lot quicker. Uh, it's played at a higher pace. Uh, I feel there's a lot more close contact. So trying to nitpick black card offences and hurling, I think you're wasting your time. I agree with Paul 100%. I think you just have to take it on the chin sometimes that, you know, there is going to be, uh, let's put it like this, um, uh, tackles that are done, um, you know, with no intention uh, of making of, uh, yeah, trying yeah, to get yeah, litter. Yeah, in the in the heat of a game, a fella is going to make a decision to, you know, uh, to, to to make a tackle uh, that he has that he has to. Let's dance, and it should be then over to the referee. Well, it's it it should be over to the referee then. The power should be over to the referee. Um, I think the same should happen in Gaelic football. I, I just think this, the cynicism in the game has creeped more into Gaelic football than it has in hurling. Um, and, and that's why the black card was brought in. But 
it's not it's not uh, it's not enough of a punishment. It, it, it's not like the huge the big one for me was um, the uh, the last the last minute of that Dublin Mayo final where there was the, the Mayo had the kick out and there was yeah. Dublin forwards pulling Mayo Just, back. It's almost like down, you talk about right, the, the movement of like this the trigger, but I didn't see a, a symbol or anything like that at the time, but. There was a collective, okay, let's dance no, here, and then away it was, we go. It was a, it was a coll- yeah, it was a collective thing. Now, look, I, I don't want to be looking at other games and, and turning, it into, turning it into another, you know, another code. But one, one thing we have adapt, uh, adopted from the, uh, the AFL in Australia is that advanced mark. Now, I think it's, it's a joke. That should be scrapped straight away. It's something that hasn't worked. It's, 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 nobody likes it. I, I haven't heard one person out there, genuine GA person, uh, laud the advanced mark rule. It's 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 not now. Some teams are using it for their advantage, particularly Tipperary. There at the weekend, Connor Sweeney got uh, you know out of his seven points, two were marks. Fair play, they worked it. They got the scores. But I, I hate it personally. But one thing that we could look at uh, in Gaelic football from the AFL is the is the fifty meter penalty. And I know I, I certainly think Kieran Donaghy has, has mentioned this before. Uh, is where any cynicism. Um, abuse to a referee, uh, drag downs like we've seen Peter Canavan, you know, highlighting as being great defensive work, are you know those the Dublin uh, forwards that pull down those Mayo backs. If a referee sees that, then the team that are offended against automatically get the ball fifty meters up the field. Now, wherever you are in the field, that brings you towards the opposition goal, and it may stamp out that type of thing. I think it's a great rule. I see it in the AFL. Any little back chat to the ref, a high tackle, anything like that, that comes that constitutes a 50-meter penalty, it's done. And it's a real sickener for the opposition team because you're, you're conceding a lot of ground there. It could go from, like, let's say, bring it back to that instance where those Mayo uh, forwards were pulled down. You know, if that, if, if uh, sorry, the, Dublin ba- uh, the Mayo backs were pulled down, excuse me, by the Dublin forwards, there was still plenty of time left in that game. If the referee decided, no, that's not on, that's a 50-meter penalty to Mayo, they go from their 13-meter line where the kick-out was to be taken from all the way up past midfield. And all of a sudden, now Mayo have a chance to launch an attack within Dublin's half, and they could have got a draw to the game or maybe got on to win it. So it would really cut out a lot. The black card isn't enough. The sin bin, yeah, okay, I, I, maybe it's, it's, it's not a bad one to try, but... Again, that could be done at inter-county level a lot easier than in a club game down here in Division 5 in Kerry. Absolutely. You know, where, you know, trying to keep all that admin, on, you know, uh, trying to keep on top of all that. But certainly, for me, the black card, it's, it's, you know, you have your certain amount of fouls that comes under the black card hitting. I just think it's too much for referees. The power needs to be given back to the referees. Keep it simple. Um, let them, if they're cynical play, let the referee have one... Um, punishment for it whether it be a 15 meter penalty or let let just give the power back to the referee to decide they're experienced enough if they feel that it constitutes a yellow or red card let them let them make the decision but these black cards are not it's not it's not stamping it out it's not doing anything to curtail it let's bring in something that will really sicken teams uh, that do it and 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 it will stop but until then can can see the black card doing it black card and hurling doesn't work for me I think it, it, it doesn't work for me I agree with Paul in that 
Well, there's unity in, in the camp there. I, look, I don't want to rush too much on it, but just the, the 50-minute penalty, I've have heard that discussed, and maybe we can do a trade and send the back the advance mark and, and take that one yeah. back, back instead. That definitely works for cynical play out the pitch. But someone's coming through and goal the last minute of the game, they're pulled down at the edge of the penalty area. There's a reason why they're pulling them down at the outside, because they don't want to give away either a goal chance or a penalty, say. It doesn't really benefit benefit that situation, does it really? Like you're two points down, you have to come all the way out to the 50 or whatever. It doesn't. And again, I suppose the, 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 the most famous one there was Sean Cavanagh's one. And I suppose that's what started We're going it all. Really, the whole he, thing, didn't it? Yeah, he pulled down. Uh, was it uh, was it Tommy Freeman? Uh, it was a Monaghan player anyway uh, in a game. McManus. Was it McManus? Was it McManus? Yeah. Was it? McManus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. It was, uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's no. It's no. That's a fifty meter uh, penalty. Is, is, there is, is, that, is no. Is, is that just once in it? Because I I don't know if I ever have. Have we seen the most blatant one since that? Is that just we, a one? Off and everyone yeah. kind of keeps going back to it, like, do you know what I mean? Exactly, we haven't, we haven't, and I, I'm sorry, like, you know, if if I'm playing for Kerry in an All Ireland final, and it's me and Conor McManus, and I know if I pull Conor McManus down to stop him scoring a goal to to beat me, I'm pulling him down ten times out of ten. You wouldn't ten even need to stop it. the goal; you'd like to do it anyway. Well, if I could get close <laughs> to him anyway, but ten times out of ten, and I'm sorry, but. That's just th- these things happen in contact sport in, in, in that in that particular instance. Now, am I saying that it's right? It's it's not, but it, it does happen and it's it's contact sport, it's it's gonna happen. But what I'm talking about is like that that's that's just a once a once a, a rare occurrence, you know, and as Paul said, we haven't seen a lot of that since. But I'm talking about the little the ugly stuff like the example of Dublin pulling down Mayo backstairs with very little left in the game, that type of stuff, you know, that's so blatant and so in your face that it's, you know, going back to the Sean Kevin and McManus one, that was done out of pure reaction. You know, he, he looked around, he knew he had to do it. It was, was it pre-planned? It probably wasn't, you know, it probably wasn't by him. Whereas the Dublin forwards, they knew they wanted to stop that kick out coming out from Mayo. So they all got on it and they all made sure that their men were going nowhere. That was planned. That was planned, you know. So uh, I think the 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 punishment should fit the crime. That's that's basically, and the, and it should be given back. The power should be given back to the referees to do that. I think uh, I'm just going to jump in there. Um, I just think I, I think you, yeah, Sean is right there. Like you, you Gaelic football uh, is kind of slowed down a lot to hurling. So like in the football, you could be you could be hand passing it back in the midfield sector for ages. And then, as a let's say a wing forward or maybe a wing back, you're you after making a dart and run, and you're after passing your wing forward, and he can just easily drag you back, and there is no real penalty because the referee can't watch every kind of off the shoulder run like it's just impossible. So I think that it's it's a very hard. There's something. I think a 50 meter penalty would like if if I'm getting I'm on the 50 meter line and I'm after running off some lad, and then if the referee sees it. Freezing on the 13 yard line, he's not going to do it, like you know, because this it, it happens all the time, and the game is not free flowing anymore because people are just easily dragging their jersey, body checking them, and there's no real penalty. Like the black haired, I don't think it's working anyway. And uh, I think the, the I, I haven't heard about that actually 50 meter mark, and I think it makes a lot of sense that you know, even if you're ha- if you're on the halfway line and you're pulling a lad back. It's you've got a free in between the forty-five yard line, the twenty-one yard line, and it's like 
the free takers there, like Dean Rock wouldn't miss, um, any like Killian O'Connor or any of these top forwards, they won't miss. So like then the game would be more free flowing, there could be more goals in it because you can't drag lads back anymore. So I think that would be actually that's definitely something because it'd be way better than the events uh, advanced mark anyway, for sure. I think well, how, is, how often do we see a, re- a referee? Um, and the, uh, this will be the last word on it for me, Jonathan. But how, how often do we see a referee who's following the play in the field? He looks in, uh, he's watching inside, and he sees a foul inside ahead of him. And he calls that a free before a ball is kicked at all. You know, a, a cornerback might be hanging off a corner forward, and he sees that free. Do you know what I mean? So that, that's, that's punishable. That's, that's a free on, you know, inside in a scoring position. Paul's right. He, the referee is looking forward. He doesn't have peripheral vision all the time. He can't see left and right or a runner from behind him. So that's where your linesmen maybe come in, radio the referee and say, number five checked 12 there as he was making a run. That's a 50-meter penalty. There you go. Number five won't do it again. He won't do it again, like, because his manager will be in his ear saying, you're after coughing up, you're, we're after coughing up a score there where we, were, we had this under control. And because of your discipline, you're after coughing up a score against us. It'll stop fairly quickly. Yeah, no, look, this is a, a subject that we'll be back uh, to talk about in depth, uh, no, no doubt, again, probably when the next high-profile thing was. Just wanted to touch on it initially because I didn't want to be accused of always uh, talking about it when it's uh, when our teams are on the, uh, say, the receiving end of it. Um, go, we definitely benefited it. Uh, uh, we can gone by, uh, but there we are. As I said, something we will talk about a lot, lot more. Let's look forward. Then it's a busy weekend. The the big ball takes a break, um, so we're focusing fully on the All Ireland semi-finals and two pretty mouth-watering ties. You'd have to say. Um, Saturday uh, up, we see Kilkenny Leinster champions play against probably a revitalised uh, Waterford um, and a great victory out last time for them under Clare. Waterford are going into this with serious momentum. Uh, let's go to you, Paul, on this one. I I think that maybe I'm completely over the bar, but I don't think Kenny are as good as a lot of people are making out. I think for large periods of the, of the Leinster final, the Galway were the dominant team. Yes, they have forwards that have absolutely class act and are chain capable as goal we saw to our detriment really in terms of the, the, those two goals in, in a minute but not only that but some of the other play just after that as well and they were able to quick fire scores and the movement and the, the little tweaks that they've made but by and large they were the second team I thought for, for large periods of that game and maybe is, is too much being read into those couple of pieces of magic really that late revival or do you think this is going to be a, a comfortable game for them against Waterford on Saturday night in Croker? I hope uh, Brian Coley is listening to this. <laughs> no he doubt will, he is. A... He will be licking <laughs> That's his up, on the, up on the dressing room there, and there we go. They love that. They love this now. No, yeah, the the Joe Conan under the radar. Waterford, they've got the momentum. Aleem Cal. <laughs> Everyone will be talking about Waterford. Jesus, the tip man, they're going to get over Kikini yeah, again. Here yeah. we go. So, like, I think um, I you, you can never write off Kikini. You just can't. They're just, oh, do, they're just just for the record, Brian and whoever Kikini people, <laughs> I am not writing off Kikini. I still I, fancy them to 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 to, to win on Saturday yeah. night. But I I do think that Waterford are capable of getting them a well good money a run for yeah. the money yeah absolutely yeah. but uh, I would agree that like, Galway were, looked very impressive and they looked very comfortable and then they 
you know, Kilkenny then just got two goals uh, from experience and just very good play, and uh, they just kind of finished the job then. Um, like Wadford, yeah, they go back to the clear match there. Like, um, they had a great start. Like, Jesse is just left inside uh, Hutchison by his own. It's a, it's a very good tactic. They, they kind of play a lot of short ball, and then if there's no option, they'll hit the two wings, and there's only one in there. And he's doing very well for kind of a one man full forward line there. He's, he's, he's doing very well. So, um, and like, it's, it's good the match beyond Crow Park. Crow Park, there's loads of space there uh, to run left and right, you know, on the full forward line. So it'll be interesting to, to see who's on them. Um, Waterford, they'll have, uh, they'll have a lot of, they've nothing to lose. They've absolutely nothing to lose. Like the, they're coming, it's your man's first year. He'll have them well driven. Um, you know, they're young. They've got serious high uh, um, work rate. Like they showed that against Limerick, even though they came out on the wrong side of it in the Munster final. So they will be, uh, they'll be going very well. And like Stephen Bennett is very good on the freeze. Like they can't, Kilkenny can't be do a lot of indiscipline, or they'll, um, you know, they'll suffer because he's he's he can score from anywhere. He's 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 got a great puck. Like so, um, Waterford they'll have, they'll have all the elements there, and then Kilkenny, um, like it, you look at them and uh, you look at the team, and you're like, geez, they're not as strong as they used to be, but they're <laughs> just so I I I can't write them off. You just can't write them off, and I know there might be favourites going into this, um, but like they haven't really proved anything yet this year, and may, if they get a good if they get a good performance against Waterford. They'll be, you know, they'll be very hard bet in the final as well. So it's it's a very hard one to call. It's a very hard one to call. I'm I'm. Still you're going on the, the underdog. You going the underdog again this week? This week you went you went all that way last week. Who, who is the underdog like? You know, is Watford are they the underdog with the momentum that they're coming with? I don't know. Um. So it's <laughs> it, it's it's a hard one there. I, I I think about it on Saturday morning. Oh, look, there we go. He's going to wait till he's going to see what what we pick and then then hop yeah. it on. Sean, you you I know I won't, I won't push you too, too much under, but uh, who do you, who who would you lock in in this game? It's like a deaf dog, Paul. It's hard to call, is it? Um. Let I'm going to. I'm going to go for Waterford. I'm going to Ooh. go for Waterford. Um, I think it's just been a funny year. Uh, and after last weekend, just gone, uh, anything can happen. Uh, I think they're coming through with a bit of momentum. I know Kilkenny, uh, you know, like I, Galway should have beaten Kilkenny, really. When you look at the Leinster final, they should have. Um, I know you can that the experience came in off the bench uh, for, for Kilkenny and got them over the line. But Galway will be kicking themselves they didn't beat Kilkenny. So... I don't think Kilkenny are going as great and I know there's the Cody factor and you know they still have very experienced players all over the pitch but I just think I was talking to a Waterford friend today and he's quietly confident um, you know they played well against Limerick in that Munster final really battled hard and took that into the into the weekend one and uh, they'll be they'll be fencing their chances against Kilkenny and a great opportunity for Waterford to get back to an All-Ireland um, hurling final so Something just 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 tipping me towards Waterford on this one. Interesting. Um, I'll do my prediction here live on, on air just to put a bit of pressure on myself. It is, of course, available on playiredict.com. Um, so this weekend, you just go down to predict. And this weekend, it's just the Harland Championship that takes priority. The Premier League is there as well. That is your scene. Um, but um, that was my last week's uh, prediction. So if I move forward into... This week's, uh, the first one there then is Kilkenny and Waterford on Saturday night. Incidentally, both games are available both on the Sky uh, Mix channel and on RT, so you have a choice. 
what we are inclined. But in terms of my inclination here, I am going towards the so Brian K- Cody and, and and all the Kikenny uh, people watching. Um, Despite Paul trying to stir a bit up on me there, I am locking in Kikenny uh, ne- next time around. <laughs> this time around, and look, sure, look, I may as well. Uh, you're you you're still going to uh, wait for the moment and wait to close the game. You have on, of course, you have up, up until five minutes before throwing to to uh, to make your pick. Are you are you going to wait for in the long grass this one and stew this over a bit longer in the week, Paul? Yeah, I probably will. Like it's it's um it's only Monday yet. Um, it's, it's you know. <laughs> Um, so there's a lot of time to think about it. It, it. It's going to be a great game, and the two finals, the two semi-finals, are going to be great. Now Galway and Limerick. I'll obviously be going for Galway. I think. Yeah, well, I may as well just lock before the conversation. I'll just lock in that, and I'll go yeah. save I, save predictions. Don't forget, I keep going back to the mistake that I made a couple of weeks ago to my detriment. But I've locked yeah. in. I've locked in. I've locked in Galway there as well. Uh, not that I need much of a conversation, but on your goal, and your goal, you're probably going to do something similar. You won't have to yeah. wait until later in the week to pick that one. No, no, no. I'll be picking them. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I think the, they're really going well there now, and like the the, the two lads inside, uh, Whelan and Concanon, they seem to be doing very well there. And I know, let's say, Don Logue and the Sunday game said after they lost Kilkenny, they said they've no heart. That's why they didn't win that Leinster final. They've no character, <laughs> and I think that that's something really- to paint to the wall. Yeah, yeah, definitely, because uh, they really stood up there against Tipperary when the chips were down, you know. And obviously the, the red card did help them, but they still had to grind it out. And, you know, like the Aiden Hart came came up trumps. And Adrian Tui coming on there as well, he set him up. Like, you know, good subs coming in there. Um, John Evan Island won the last three uh, just to uh, get them over the line there in the 17th whatever, third or fourth minute. So I think uh, the only thing that might go against them is that they've been playing now. That was a hard um, slog, you know, down in the Gaelic grounds that their legs might be heavy and Limerick would be a bit fresher. Um, John Limerick are their tip to win it. Like So it, it will be two great semi-finals, a great weekend for a Hurling uh, fan. So I'll be going for, I'm definitely going for Galway and uh, I'll be, hopefully they'll, they'll We'll do the job, and we can. We'll get a, t- a hill ticket for the final. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, I'll make it make it quick. I know you're in a rush off. We've actually talked about a, a good few different between the Dubs, the Leinster Championship, cynical play, black cards, and hurling. Uh, we've covered a lot this week. Um, I'll make it short for you. You're going to uh, are you going to stab us in the back again, or are you going to uh, jump on the goal bandwagon? No, I'm not. I'm going to predict an all-Munster hurling final, lads. Uh, I, I think Limerick... That's, that's I a good Limerick omen, I have to say. I'm delighted to hear that. Uh, no, exactly. <laughs> I, so my, my, my results, my predictions haven't been brilliant, so you should be happy with that. No, I, from what I've seen of Limerick so far, um, they just look the team to beat, and they look that bit better than everyone else. Um, I don't think... Uh, Paul mentioned that their favourites going into the game. I, I don't think that really bothers that. Limerick Group, Kylie's very, very good manager. Um, he won't let that affect them. They'll be ready for Galway. Um, and I just think in a tight game, they probably might have too much for you. So uh, it'll be a, a Limerick Waterford All Ireland Hurling 2020 final, I'm predicting. There we go. That is quite the there statement. Goes. That's quite the bombshell to end the show on. I think, um, I think we've managed to. Uh, you know, give a couple of digs to think to everybody. We've given digs left, right, and centre around the table here in terms of each other. We've thrown a couple of counties <laughs> in at there and as well. Uh, Hurland fans, Dublin fans, Leinster fans, Kerry fans. <laughs> it's been quite the show this week, I have to say. Um, thanks to for all your digs and all your blows and all your knives in the back, um, Sean. And 
and Paul. And uh, let's see, it's a it's an exciting weekend ahead. Don't forget to play along on playerpredict.com. Please do join the league as well, and um, because uh, you can't lose to a Kerry man in in a, in a hurling competition, can you? Surely, you never know. If you're not in, you're not in. You can't win. It is, of course, free to join on playerpredict.com. Check out what's the score as well to keep you up in the loop with all the latest scores as well. Not only is that we've talked about the, the men's uh, senior um, football championship, which will be next weekend, but the Hurland Championship in depth. There is, of course, it's a busy weekend in ladies football and the Camogie semifinals are on Saturday in Cork as well. So you'll be able to keep up to date with all the scores on player predict, uh, or sorry, on what's the score, even if I get myself right, the what's the score app. Um, You've um, you're, you're going to be busy again this weekend, uh, Paul. Uh, keeping keeping everyone up to date, so uh, you're definitely the place to jump on if you are to that. But let's leave it there for night for tonight, folks. Uh, thanks for watching. Stay safe, folks, and we'll thanks, lads.